1: college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul.
0: Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. Thank you once again for honoring me with your time. Today is a special treat. I have Jessica Cerda, the program director for the first year experience over at Los Angeles City College. This is a program specifically meant to help students assimilate into the college experience, whether it be because they just left and graduated high school or because they've been away from school for a little bit. She's going to go and dive into how they help all of the students that come to them really be successful, not just in the first year, in the second year and beyond, but really in life in general. And and that's what really college is all about. A background on on Jessica, she has been over there for seven years. The first five years she was a teacher and a counselor, but these last two years she has literally just been running the first year experience program. She's also a counselor there. She has helped hundreds, if not thousands of students uh, pass in front of her and go on to accomplish what it is they've ultimately wanted in college, right? We all have goals when we step into that world and having people to guide us along the way, help us answer questions that we don't even know we have, right? One of the things that we really touch upon a lot in this episode is how there are resources out there for you. If it's within the academic world, if it's with your mental health, within your relationships, no matter what it is, there is someone on your campus who is specifically geared towards helping you with that. We touch upon it in the episode, but I want to make sure I highlight this, Mark, before we move over to her conversation with me, is that you want to get yourself into the system of being helped before you absolutely positively need the help. It's like whenever I used to run and they would say, you should drink water before you feel thirsty. You should be asking for help before you actually need it. This way that you've already got a relationship with your guidance counselor. You've got a relationship with a tutor. You've got a relationship with a therapist there on campus so that whenever things really hit a stressful moment, you've already got your support system in place. Right, Having that support system in place so that when you go to them, they have a background on you and they're ready to help you right then and there rather than having to learn about all of the background that got you in front of them is integral to your mental health and your academic success in college. I'm so excited to have Jessica on. So without any further ado, here's Jessica Certa.
2: Hi, Jessica. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us here on College Success Habits. How are you?
1: Fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: I'm super excited about our conversation today. When I first reached out to you, you you were involved with the Los Angeles Community College. I didn't have any clue that they had an entire program around the first-year experience of school. Uh, for my listeners, explain what that means, the, the FYE, the first-year experience program that you run there at the L.A. Community College.
1: Um, so what it is, about four and a half years ago, we started this program for incoming first-year students and the whole purpose of our program is to help them transition successf- successfully from high school to college so before it was only for high school students but now it's for any first-year student in the state of California um, so we just want to make sure that they're prepared for their f- first semester for fall um, so in the summer there's different things that they have to do and um, We help them, you know, make sure that they have their courses, their textbooks, they know where their classes are, and so they know what the schedule is um, to prepare them basically for those first two weeks. And then from then on, um, there's different requirements that they have to meet um, so that we can make sure that they're staying on track and also so that we can help them with any questions that they might have. Um, or if they're lost or confused, anything like that, we're we're just basically there to hold their hand to help them transition successfully into the first year.
2: Lost and confused. That sounds like my entire 12 years in college. (laughs) You know, when you get uh, the students approaching you about some of the problems they're having, assimilating from high school into college, what are the main ones that you're seeing happening on a consistent basis?
1: Uh, Most of the time, it's procrastination, um, lack of motivation, you know, they just don't know what steps to take, so, like, they are lost. Um, and then some, are, some of them are just scared and nervous as well. Um, when that's com- usually what we see.
2: When it comes to, you know, I, I remember when, when we first talked about having you come on the show, you brought up lack of motivation, which astounded me because I think, well, you, you're you, you have the courage to step into the college environment Motivation seems like something that would follow behind it. But then mm-hmm. I started thinking about how I started college and it was like, yeah, I'm here because that was what I was expe- Well, the, that's what was expected of me. Right. But at the same time, I didn't really know what to do with the entire experience. And I really just went through my first few years just, you know, hoping not to get kicked out. Um, when you see this lack of motivation with the people that are coming through your way, how does, how does that surfacing? How is that showing itself?
1: Well, most of the time it's like, for, so in the summer, they have to do a two-week summer bridge, and it's a counseling course and then a revision of, like, math and English, preparing them for fall. So you can tell which students are motivated and which ones aren't just by them. When we ask them to log into their student portals, there'll be students that just sit there or on their phones or, have, you know, we usually tell them to take off their headphones. And then you have the other student that logs in right away and brought, like, a pencil and paper with them, um, and you can just tell the difference. From the other student that has like nothing with them, nothing to write with, um, and then just by answering questions, um, usually like if you, the ones that we could tell are just don't care if they're here, they don't even know what their login is. Um, so we can just kind of tell by their um, what is like just their behavior, their their body language. Right. Well, I mean, right off the bat, you know, it's coming prepared
2: with a yeah, showing up on time.
1: Coming right. prepared
2: with a writing utensil and paper to write things on, like just to me, you know, to the basics of, of showing up prepared, right. but for some, they're not even seeing that as the beginning sign of perhaps they're not taking this seriously enough. Exactly. When you get those students that you see not coming prepared, what are... What are some early – obviously, that's an early sign. What are some ways that you can begin to approach them? And for the listeners out there, you know, if you're finding yourself not showing up prepared, um, perhaps you're feeling a little unmotivated, you can be thinking to yourself, what are ways that you can step up and begin to show that you care about where you're at? So, Jessica, when you see those students, how do you approach them, you know, to get their mind in the game? Because, you know, whether – it's not expensive to to attend – this school, but at the same time, it's still money out of their pocket.
1: Right. So like, first, first of all, I get it. I was never, I don't enjoy school. I never liked school. So I, I can put myself in their shoes. So I always think like we have to make it fun. Like they're 18, 17 year old kids. Like what can we do to make it fun? So I always try to get um, the, prof- cause I do a training before the professors um, teach the counseling courses in the summer and I just give them different, like, icebreakers where they're just – where they get up and actually do things. We even take them outside of the room. <clears throat> and, like, for me, the whole thing about Summer Bridge, besides preparing them, is, like, I want them to make friends. Because I feel like the more you're engaged on campus or even have, like, a buddy or can relate to someone, the more likely you are to succeed or, you know, become more motivated. So we try to do a lot of um, pairing and group work and icebreakers and just taking them out of the class to like almost force them to like meet someone new or meet more than one person new. And then from there, we also have them um, register in the same counseling course in the fall and then from fall to spring. So they're basically like little learning communities or, or cohorts um, and they go with the same set of students that they met in the summer for the first year. And we've found that like, I know like there's people that have met like their best friends that way on um, campus.
2: You make a really strong point because I, I talk a lot on stage about how the social aspect is so important to pick your social circle correctly, to pick people mm-hmm. that you get along with. Uh, you know, Los Angeles Community College, it is, or the city college, it is a commuter school. And so you, you really feel strongly that making a social connection on that campus is what's going to really propel them all the way through and able to go on to, you know, a different school, if that's what they choose to, or just graduate with their AA from you guys.
1: Right. Because I know that some students come here by themselves and they never had any friends in high school, but then now they have a chance to like be that popular kid or have a group of friends because they're, you're basically like starting over in community college. So we always try to get those, the shy ones or you can kind of tell us they're nervous and stuff to start talking to like the more outgoing students. Um, But I, I think when, you know, people say like who you are, who you hang out with, so when you can relate to others and like your friends around you are also doing their homework or studying or even forming study groups, then that will help that student that maybe wasn't motivated become a little bit more motivated
2: we really glad that you brought that up because I really feel like, you know, if you, if you make a social circle, a study group with people who are getting their work done and you're hanging out with them, you're going to be compelled to also get your work done. If you're hanging out with people who are just playing video games all the time or going out and, and drinking or whatever their extracurriculars might be, then that's what you'll tend to do. So it's right. great that you touched upon picking the right social group for what it is you want to accomplish if you all you want to do is play video games all day, then you might want to find that person, but that's not going to get you good grades in school.
1: Right, and we always tell them that, like we know that the support, social support, or family support is so important for these these students.
2: When you talk about support, I, I feel like where these kids might be finding the overwhelm, the stress coming from is. All of a sudden they went from a very controlled environment, high school. You show up, the bell rings to tell you to go to school. It rings to tell you to leave the class. It needs to go to the next class. Now all of a sudden they have more freedom and they can, they can go go or not go to the classes. They could get stuck in traffic on the way there. There's a lot of anxiety and stress that is now being heaped upon them. When you meet those students who are feeling the overwhelm, or what are some tips? What are what are some ideas that you give them for being able to rein in, you know, those emotions and be able to focus on the work that's in front of them?
1: Um, yes, and we, we come across students like that every day. So usually, what we do is, and sometimes things like I just saw a student earlier today who's all stressed out because I just did her education plan and it's longer than she than she thought it was. And was, most students are usually trying to transfer out of here in two years because you hear community college and automatically. Every, People always say, oh, you're only there for two years, which is, is not the case. So a lot of students start getting anxious if they're here longer. Um, so what we do is besides, like, we have workshops for stress management, anxiety, self-care. And we don't have a lot of them, but our health center does. So if someone is, like, in need of something, like, right and, right then and then in front of us, then we always walk them down to the, the health center and we have um, therapists. There that will immediately help them, but if not, we walk them d- down there anyways to sign them up for a, wor- a workshop because they have a lot more than we do every month. So we always have them do that. Or like I, I work with a really great team. There's 10 of us, and some of them are grad students, some of them are current LACC students, and then there's two counselors. So we try to be- befriend them. Like the grad students do our student workers. And we just always tell them like this is a safe place. Like just come out, come here and hang out with us. Like um, we have a lounge and we're going to be putting up a TV soon. So we want this space to be safe for our students, so that maybe the ones that maybe you know are anxious or feeling really stressed out, that they can just come here and, and chill and like just talk to us, because we're all we're always just here and like we're just, just like a little family here.
2: It's so great that you offer that, and it's very important that everyone going to school realizes that these health centers, that these academic success centers, that the career centers, that they're there to support, and they're there to help guide the students through the process, and, you know, hopefully, you know, it's on to a four-year college or on to a career, mm-hmm. and you make a very good point that community colleges, I stayed in one for three years because after I got my AA, they were like, you know, you're going to go to UF, the school. Classes are much more expensive than here and look at all these classes you could just take here and then transfer with there. So I ended up staying for three years just because it was, it felt more comfortable. The anxiety was less, the cost was substantially less. And when I got to University of Florida, I was able to jump right into my major classes, which greatly benefited me as far as keeping my interest up. (laughs) So so I really, I like that you talk to the students about how just because it's a community college, it doesn't mean that it's only two years. There are are a lot of benefits of staying in that environment until you feel comfortable leaving. Do you see that at some point the students are comfortable leaving or that they sort of feel like they have to go because that's what society is telling them?
1: Yeah, oftentimes I feel like they feel like they have to go. Um, like the student that I was just speaking about, she, she feels like three years, like, oh, the universities are going to think that bad. They're not going to let me, uh, you know, um, I'm not going to be able to transfer. She wants to go to UCLA for nursing. And I'm like, they don't care about that. They just care about your grades. I was at a community college for four years and I always tell them that and then look at me now. So they worry about that, but after the first year, they get to, they See like okay this can take a little longer because that first year was brutal <laughs> and some well, of them yeah. obviously don't pass their classes yeah. like that's really that's really what happens they don't pass so then they have to stay here longer and that's the conversation that I have with our second years
2: well and it's a misnomer now too in our society it does seem like back in the day you know 70s 80s that four years to get out of a school seemed about right now It really does seem like uh, the average is is pushing more towards the five. And so getting the students to calm down, you know, whether it is because they didn't pass a class for a lot of factors, they have jobs, they have bills, they have, you know, they have rent. Now they've got a whole slew of things they're in charge of. It's not just like in high school where it's like, all you got to do is just go to class, you know, and, and come home and do homework. Now you have so many more responsibilities. So getting into a state of calmness that yes, it could take you five or six years to actually graduate college and that's okay. Because you made a great point that the schools don't care how long it took you to get out of community college. They care about your grades. They understand right. everybody has things that they have to do that I don't think that they ever. University of Florida certainly didn't care that it took me three years to get out of Valencia. They were just glad I was I was transferring with straight A's.
1: Right, exactly. But they don't know things like that, so then I always have to tell them and remind them um, not to worry and that's going to happen in time. Eventually, it's going to happen. <laughs>
2: Well, in time, it's a good segue because time management is so important. You know, well, yes, you want to be out in two years. Maybe it takes three, but there's there's a lot of ways that people can start to control their time management right at the very beginning. That might end up saving them a semester, or at least reduce the stress of being there for three or four years. When it when it comes to time management, what are the tips that you're giving these these young students in order to help them assimilate more into this hectic environment?
1: Well, in and- the class that they take in the fall, it's, it's all study skills based and career and uh, planning. So they do go in a lot more depth than far, as far as like time management and other things in that class. But like for me, so we give our students a planner, a monthly pa- planner every fall semester before they enter. And the coaches will sit with them, which are our grad students, and go over um, their schedules, but not... They haven't seen all students, and sometimes I see them before the coach. So I do that as well. Uh, you know, I'll let them know, like, bring out your planner. Like, let's write down your classes. Let's look at your syllabi, um, syllabi- and see, like, what is it that you have to do just for one week because, unfortunately, our appointments are only 30 minutes, so I can't um, stay longer. But we're, they're always um, able to come back, or if someone else is available, then they can continue with, like, the following weeks. And I just want to show them, like, how much time, they need to spend, not only in class, they get that 12 hours, but how much time they need to study. Because there's like a formula where you're supposed to study, every unit you take, you're supposed to study two hours outside of class. So I I show them because a lot of them are, um, they need to see it. So I show them how many hours and they need to study, and then they're like, oh, my God, that's a lot. <laughs> and they get it. And it's like, yeah, you, you need to study a lot more than you did in high school. So we always do that with them. And then they do like this whole activity in class about it too. It's one of their assignments.
2: Even you saying that is like, okay, if, you know, three unit class, which is a standard. That's six hours a week. If you're taking 12 of those, you know, now all of a sudden you're looking at 24 more hours. you know, would you, Yeah, is that right? 24 hours need to be studying. That's a lot. Right. I mean, so that's a 36 schools, hours.
1: Exactly. And that's why we say a full-time student is it's like working a full-time job. So when you explain it to them, and you actually explaining is one thing, they usually don't get it. But when I show them, they're just like, oh, like, yeah, their eyes, they look at me like shocked. (laughs) And I always (laughs) say, like, not everyone needs to study that much. For some of us, it comes easier. And then for some of us, we may have to study more because we struggle in, like, math or something like that.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I just got done doing an episode about, uh long-term success through the semester by making sure that you understand all of your i think it's syllabi like octopi i don't know either but um and that's a, it's, a, it's a to me it's extremely important to lay them all out figure out when the assignments are due getting that into the calendar and making sure that you're planning ahead for the tests and the term papers and the big assignments that are due because they creep up on you and if you're already studying you know the two hours for every one unit all of a sudden, now you've got to do all this extra work, which maybe that's part of the two hours per unit, but maybe it's not. And now you've got to be able to manage all of these other things on top of perhaps a full-time job outside of school or taking care of the family or a relationship. It, it, I can imagine their eyes must be like deer in headlights when you yeah. start to lay this entire thing out for them.
1: <laughs> it, it is. And it's funny because I always tell them, okay, do this for one week and then come back and tell me how good you felt. And because like when you get it done sooner, it's just like, you know, that weight off your shoulders. And then you can do whatever you want to do with your friends or work or family, you know, whatever it is that you may do. And, you know, sometimes it takes a couple weeks or longer for certain students. And then sometimes they'll come back and be like, oh, you're right. Like, I feel so much better getting it done sooner. Pay now or pay later. (laughs) Yeah, we always have to work on time management.
2: You know, it's, it's pain now or pain later. At some point, you're going to have to study. You're going to have to get that paper done. Do you want to be sitting here stressing about it for the next month and then trying to cram it in in two days, or do you want to start working on it slowly and so that by the time it's due, you're already looking at 80%, 90% completion, and now all you're doing is polishing? Right. You know, I talk I, a lot of, about that. Go ahead.
1: And then sometimes, you know, it's, it's too late, and then they stress out even more, and, and then there's... The- you know, are
2: they going to drop the class or so forth? It, it, when they come to you with these big predicaments, oh, I waited too long. Or, you know, it's too far gone. But um, the, the, the end of the the end of this question is, how do you get them to to not drop a class? I know that was one of my favorite things to do. Was uh, okay, I'll take I'll take these 15 credit hours, but I'm probably going to drop you know two of these classes. And a lot of these classes are getting dropped. But what that ultimately means is somebody who really wanted to take that class maybe couldn't have because that spot was taken by someone who ultimately dropped it. What do you do to coach them through the process so that they, they sign up for a class and they're prepared to see it all the way through to fruition at the end of the semester?
1: So what we did in the past is we would have them, they had to turn in um, progress reports eighth week because our semesters are 16th. So about like finals week, I mean not finals, midterms, they would have to turn in the progress reports um, and then, that's when they would turn it in, you know, like we look at them and if someone has like a D or an F or the the professor made a note, we immediately like, you know, stop them right there. They can't leave and we talk to them about like what's going on. What can you do differently? Do you even stand a chance? Um, cause the drop date is usually a few weeks after midterms. Um, and then as a counselor, like it, it's kind of tough sometimes because, um, Sometimes all I can do is give them the option, like this is what well, a W will do, and this is what a D and an F will do. But if, let's say, the student's never going to take the class again because it was just too hard and they don't need it, then I usually strongly advise to take it, I mean, to drop it, and that's and they usually, you know, listen to me. But I can't tell them what to do. I could just give them the options. and And it's harder for a student that needs it and is, like, you know, type a personality like super smart but they can't get a b and they think they're going to get a b and and those are the students that are harder to work with because it's like all i can do is give them their options and they don't know what to do but yeah as counselors we just advise and or strongly advise or strongly encourage them this year it's going to be a little bit different so this year i they don't need to bring in progress reports um With the math and English, we're going to get grades from the professors uh, the fourth week, the eighth week, and the twelfth week. And then on the twelfth week, if the the student is still getting a a D or an F, um, then we can call them in because usually the drop deadline is like right after that twelfth week to just give them the option of do you want to receive a W or a D and F. So this this year, this is the first time we're doing this, we're going to stay more on top of their grades because when they do the progress report like last year we only had like or last fall we only had half of the students bring them in um so in the spring we're going to grab all their grades
2: that's great that you that there's an accountability program in mm-hmm. place cuz i'm sure those half that didn't bring them in a substantial yeah. amount of them weren't doing well and didn't right. want anyone to know <laughs> exactly exactly you know and so the accountability is huge and for those of you out there in the school who doesn't who don't have a first year experience you can think of different ways that you can just go and ask your own professors get these grades take them to your own uh you know, student advisor your own counselor take them to your therapist out on campus and then talk to them about what is going on because there's ways that even if there's not a program in place to hold you accountable you can make yourself accountable if you're just willing to put yourself out
0: there
1: right Exactly. And like we, we give them, I feel like a lot of support compared to other schools might give them more, but like as far as fi- financial support, there's a lot of things that we do for them. So we have to hold them accountable because if we don't, then they're just going to keep making the same mistakes. They're going to keep dropping, getting bad grades because, you know, it's like, well, who cares? I'm still getting the support. I'm still getting like this free stuff that we off give them. So I'm pretty, cons- I'm pretty conservative counselor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you, know, you don't want them taking advantage of the situation yeah, you, want, you, you, exactly. you, you want them utilizing the situation right this is this amazing this, this service florida has something it's bright future scholarships where you can go to a florida state school and generally with the scholarship it can be free or pretty close to it and you have to maintain you know certain gpas just in order to keep the scholarship and i think it. It's a lot of people to just get good grades because they don't want to have to start paying out of their own pocket. So yeah. get, get the good grades. Now when these high school students, when these, these first year college students come to you, are you, are you seeing a lot of like fixed mindset as far as what they think their abilities are, what they think they can achieve based on perhaps what their family already achieved in school, if they've ever gone to school? Because I think growth mindset versus fixed mindset is important you know the growth mindset thinks I can get better at anything as long as I put effort into it the fixed mindset thinks I I am who I am and I cannot get better than what I've done already um where do you see these students falling in are they more growth mindset based because of technology or are they still fixed because of perhaps past family performances
1: yeah, I think like growth mindset actually, that's something that I know they always want us to go to trainings and we were even doing some workshops for our students and they, they learn about it in the classroom. But I think it's something that they, they work on. So like it, it, they do, most of them do come in with a fixed mindset, but there are some that, you know, have a growth mindset or want to. So that's just something that we just have to help them with. Um, but yes, most of our students are like, this is who I am how I'm going to be, but then we just kind of have to work with them, and I feel like the, the people that work here in our department, um, we we all pretty much kind of came from the same background, so our students can relate to us, and then they see us, you know, here, we went to school, we got our master's, um, our student workers are working here, and they're going to transfer, so I feel like that also, like, helps them think differently or think, like, oh, I can do it, too, because then once they, we tell them, oh, these are FYE students here, and like, oh I want to work here too. So little things like that I feel like inspire them to like want have that growth mindset. But it is something for sure that they that a lot of our students need to work on.
2: And it really is as easy as just seeing like, oh wow, look, this person has a similar situation and look what they've achieved. I too can achieve this. I just have to try harder, work harder, put more effort in.
1: Right. And that's what I tell them too, like it wasn't easy. We all we all had to put in work. You can't just think that it's going to come to you, and you're just going to get good grades because you show up. Like, you have to do the work.
2: Well, and I think high school, in a way, can lull people into that kind of perspective because for a lot of people, high school was tended to just be a breeze. You were already stuck right. in the class. You had to listen. You tended to just get decent, if not great. Great, because you were already there now in college all of a sudden there's a lot more responsibility and you can't just breeze through it and so you have to change what you think of as effort in order to actually excel in college right all of yeah,
1: that on top that's of everything exactly.
2: else
1: <laughs> yeah that's exactly um i have students all the time that you know They didn't learn anything in high school. Or I keep hearing that they they had subs and the subs didn't care. And all these students are coming from LAUSD. So I hear the same thing. Or they were funny, so they passed their classes. Um, They think just by showing up and being on time that they're going to pass. And maybe they did in high school, but over here it's different. Exactly. You
2: know, it's I, I remember subs we always love sub day because that's whenever they would put on a movie yeah and they were, or, you know it was like okay cool we get to watch back to the future we we have to watch something and it's like yay we don't actually have to learn today but you know in a, in a way that again lulls you into this idea that okay there's just days you can take off and in college it's got especially a commuter school so much easier for them to just say oh there's traffic i don't want to drive to class today or oh i'm not feeling very good. And, you you skip one day and the next thing you know you've skipped another and before you know it you don't even know where you're at in the textbook. How do you when you get those students you see doing that? Is there a way to bring them back in and get them excited again? You know when someone starts skipping a lot, it seems to be a precursor to dropping out, withdrawing. Something in that regard. You know what is it that you look for to to convince them? Hey, this is in your best interest to, to participate and care about this.
1: So it just depends. Like we have students that drop out because they have to because of income and they have to work for their family. So, I mean, I can't tell them not to because I know that they the family needs the support. Then you get like, yeah, those other students that aren't showing up because they just don't care. And then it starts coming to the end of the semester and now they're like freaking out because they're not going to pass their class. So usually what I tell them is um, – you know, it's okay that you made this mistake, just learn from your mistakes, don't let it happen again, but we also, I, I'm pretty brutally honest with my students, and to, I always tell them, like, first of all, school's not for everyone, and I get it, but if you are here, and you, you want to get, like, a degree, or you want to transfer, um, just think about, like, how you grew up. A lot of our students are first-generation lower-income And they, there's like three families living in like a one bedroom or even one family with, you know, lots of siblings and grandparents living in a one bedroom in this area where we're at. So, and and they don't like it, you know, they're like 18, 19 sleeping on couches in their living room and I'm sure they want their own privacy, but their parents can't afford a, a place with a different room. So I just like take, like ask them to think about their current situation. Do they like it or do you want something better for yourself? And honestly, like not 100% of our students, when I used to teach, we would ask, like, why are you here? And they would all say, because I want um, to buy my mom a house. I want to help my parents. Um, everything was for their parents, and that's why they were in school. Or they always wanted to give back to their parents. So I bring that up, and then, you know, they start thinking, like, yeah, you're Right. Like, I don't want to keep suffering, and I don't want my my family to keep suffering. So it's like, okay, then do something about it. You know, whether it's school or not, like, just do something that you're going to start working, and you're going to start um, making more money so that you can help your family out and get them out of the situation that you guys have currently been in and have probably been in in their whole life. So I always bring that into our conversation. But it's just, you know, it's case by case. Um, sometimes they're going through personal stuff where they just can't leave the house and they're so then that's a that's a whole nother, like, okay, we' have to refer you for some help or um, just depends on the situation
2: and overall, for for everyone listening out there, the key is that there is help. There is a support system, and I love how you bring up you know I believe that service to our family, service to our community is is something that can really inspire us and get us out of a depressive state, you know, instead of just sitting at home being sad and getting lost in your head and just circling mm-hmm. around your negative thoughts, get out and, and go to class, get out and go do something in the community. Cause when you get out of your own head and you're of service, then you get this amazing positive energy back and, and it really can pull. It did for me. I used to volunteer for Habitat for Humanity in college and, and any time I was feeling down about myself, I'd go do that. And it was of such great service to the community I love thinking. Okay, wow, that was super awesome, and that energy would, would translate into the library. It would translate into my academics, and it would just propel me to get better grades. So, I can't stress enough what you just said. You know, go out and think about your family, think about your community, and do something positive in that regard, and it will absolutely translate into positive energy inside of your own schooling and inside your own mind. Right. When you think about when you went to school, Jessica, what is some, something that you would love? You wish that somebody had told you, you're out here helping all these students. What is something that you wish you'd have known then or something you would have done differently then uh, as compared to what you now know about what it's like to be successful in school?
1: Well, on, honestly, like, I feel like I wish we because w- it was like 20 years ago. So I wish we had a program like this because I was, I'm, my parents aren't from Mexico. I'm first generation. And like, like these kids, I just knew I had to go to college, but I, I was just following what, whatever classes my friend was, she was super smart, nursing major. I was just following whatever classes she was taking, but I had no idea what I was doing. I dropped out, or I dropped a few classes. So I, if we would have had a program like this, I, um, that made you see a counselor, um, helped you register for courses, you know, made you do tutoring, things like that, I think I would have been more successful. For sure, that first year, I mean after i the first year you know i I learned i'm pretty I'm a pretty quick learner, but I was just super clueless. I was just following my friend around with everything she was doing I would just do um so it would have been great to have a program like this and and now these programs are nationwide, so that's um for the last at least five years um most most i think universities and community colleges have something like this pr- program in place They're just called something different, so I'm um grateful for that, but yeah, I think having a program like this have or even counselors like going into classes and saying that we're here um would have been helpful because I had no idea I kind of just figured out the classes on my own for many years.
2: So many of us did that, and it was literally just like walking around in a maze, never knowing if I would get
1: out. (laughs) Yeah, and then honestly, like, there's not enough counselors either. Like, I think in our state, it's it's one counselor to every 1,600 students, I think, is the average. Um, So we always get, you know, people complaining about not being able to see a Not us, but, like, usually, like, in general counseling, like, people are always complaining about not being able to see a counselor. But that's just because there's not
2: enough of us. It's like, get out there, sign up for an appointment before you think you need the appointment. Be talking to a counselor, be talking to a therapist. It's it's like when I used to run, they would say, you drink water before you get thirsty. Because once you're thirsty, then you're already dehydrated. So it's like, start to seek help before you actually need the help. And then you've already got a system in place so that whenever things do get bad, you've already been talking to someone. They know your story. They know where you're at. And they can immediately jump in knowing the entire you know, scenario and be able to offer assistance rather than starting cold when you really need help right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to get you out of here on this one. Imagine that every college student right now could hear your, the answer to this question. What is the message you would, would want them to know about their, their first year or if they're struggling and they're overwhelmed, they've got anxiety, time management's an issue, just, you know, just that sense of a weight on them right now. What is a message you would want to be able to say to them that would be able to, you know, put a little spark in their step?
1: I I actually have a little sign in my office that says, like, you're capable of more than you know. So those students that have, like, the fixed mindset, it's like you're capable of to do more. You know, you just got to try. And I just feel like we I want everyone to be a hard worker and don't give up. And if you are struggling, there is support on every campus, not just us. Like every university, every community college has resources to help all students. Um, so it's, it's there. You know, you just have to ask someone that works at the campus, and I'm pretty sure they'll know where to refer you. But there is support at, at colleges, and um, we just want students to take advantage of that because we're here to help. And then most importantly, like the first year is going to be the hardest year, and then after that, it just gets easier because it becomes a routine and it becomes part of your life. So you're just used to going to college.
0: It's
2: a great message, you know, and for a, a metaphor and analogy out there for you listeners, you think if you've ever played a video game, you know, when your character dies off in the first level, you don't just stop playing because, oh, well, I guess I'll never be able to figure yeah. that out. You, you keep yeah. playing the game. You go online you google maybe some cheat codes or maybe you google you know some tips on reddit you figure out a way to get past level one and eventually you've made it all the way to the end and college just like life is exactly like that you don't just stop because you get your first you know quote unquote failure that's just feedback you just got to figure out okay what did i do right what could i have done better and then just go at it but you never just put the controller down and say oh i guess that was a waste of 60 bucks you know they try so hard at winning video games and I really think if they put the same effort into school and realize, yes, it's gonna take years and I, I get that college is way harder than any video game ever will be. But the the growth mindset says you're willing to sit there and figure that out. Now switch that energy over to college and you will figure it out. And you're right, by the senior year, you're walking around, you could get the classes you're with blindfolded, you know, where every yeah. assistance is and it's it's amazing the transformation that students go through. And that from first year to, you know, fourth, fifth year, if, if they just put in that effort and they really work at it. Right. Well, you have been a pleasure to have on the show. I oh, really do you. appreciate the time you've taken out from your day. It's, uh, it's just great to, to have someone who's helping at the, the community level, especially with the first, second year students, because there is, it's so challenging and you can't be overcome whatever anxiety, stressor, right. time management issue is there. It can be overcome because other people have done it. It is proven that it can be done. It's just about taking that first step into the next, into the next, and before you know it, you're walking across the stage.
1: And then that's a really good feeling.